The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers in, in foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we're going to be talking about the net. My name is Jason. Joining me today is Kerwin. How you doing, Kerwin? Doing good, man. What's up? Not much, man. What are you drinking? I have a uh, Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Nice. Also joining me is Jordan. What's up, Jordan? What up, Jason? What are you drinking today? I got my Invisible Frosty Guinness that's still in my cooler, and I need to go get it. Sounds tasty, man. Better hurry up. Also joining me is TJ. What's up, TJ? Hey, Jay. What are you drinking today? I am not drinking anything right now. No shots, no beers? No. White Claws, Trulies? I'm just here. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Present. (laughs) Rounding out the group. This is Dom. How you doing, Dom? What's up, J-Dog? Not much, man. Um, what are you drinking today? I am also not drinking anything right now. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Y'all motherfuckers don't have any drinks? Some thirsty-ass bitches around here, man. Do you guys want drinks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll pause. pause. We're, we're going to pause and get you motherfuckers some drinks. We'll right, be right back with some drinks. <laughs> and we're back for round two. So, Jordan, what are you drinking? I actually have a Frosty Guinness in my hands now. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. TJ, what are we drinking? Uh, I have a Dos Equis. Delicious. And then Don, what are you drinking? Yo también. Dos Equis. Perfect. <laughs> bueno. Muy bien. Right. So today we're talking about The Net, released July 28th, 1995, starring Sandra Bullock, Jeremy Northam, and Dennis Miller. It's directed by... Erwin Winkler, and distributed by Sony Pictures. All right, guys, let's get into our experience. Kerwin, what's your experience? Uh, My experience with this movie, I had never seen the net before. Uh, I knew it existed. I seen trailers and whatnot when I was younger, uh, but I'd never seen this movie. I knew Sandra Bullock was in it. Um, For this podcast, we're kind of discussing what movie we should review this week, and, uh, you know, TJ suggested that we do the net. Uh, it was on Netflix, and uh, I watched it maybe three or four days ago. Uh, and, you know, I'll save the rest for Trash and Treasure, but, yeah, I uh, watched it on Netflix. Awesome, man. Awesome experience. Wow. Jordan, tell us about your experience. Happy to. So I actually saw this movie in the theaters uh, when I was a youngin', um, but I don't really remember much of it, so... To me, it means that it didn't really leave that much of a lasting impression. Never saw it again up until a couple of nights ago when watching it for the podcast, and I was uh, stunned, to say the least, to see just how similar what the things that she's ranting about in the movie have actually come to pass today. So, yeah, definitely more interested in getting into a deeper dive. Sweet. TJ, tell us about your experience, please. Uh, So I don't really remember the specific time that I first heard about or saw this movie, but I do remember that it was, uh, that my parents were watching it and I remember, you know, this was one of the movies that they liked watching and that just happened to be on downstairs when I was down there. And so I started watching it and that's pretty much all I remember until I rewatched it for the podcast on Netflix just recently. So awesome. So awesome. Dom, experience, please. Uh, The first time I heard about this movie was a week ago. Uh, the first time I tried to watch it was three days ago, and I fell asleep. The second time was yesterday, 
and I got about halfway through and I fell asleep. <laughs> and then I woke up this morning around six to finish it. That's it. <laughs> wow, that is quite an experience. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's good to hear. Oh, well, my experience, um, I watched it as a kid too. Um, I didn't go to theaters, I don't think. Uh, I think. My mom rented it, we watched it. I remember enjoying it and then I had not seen it since. So rewatched it on Thursday night. It was on Netflix. Uh, thank God I didn't have to pay extra to rent this movie. And I watched it, and I think again Elizabeth was on her phone and not paying attention or whatever. And so yeah, uh, I was on my own for all the notes. So yeah, that's my experience. So much, so much Elizabeth not wanting to watch or be on her phone. Like I feel like. We should tag on her thoughts at the end of every episode and just be like, yeah, it sucked. Or, yeah, it's good. She's going to be like, $20. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we, we get a bit insight into what Jason's going to inevitably give the movie just based on what Elizabeth is doing during the movie. Yeah, it's kind of a prequel to that because it's, uh, it's, it's not good. But <laughs> next time, I think what I'm going to do is record her, like what she's doing on her phone, and I'll go back to the movie. And then to her, and then we can post that so you can see firsthand that either she's interested or more than likely yeah, she's not interested. Start doing like little reactions. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Like little first time yeah. movies. What was her rating? On her cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not looking good, guys. Yeah. Not looking good. All right. So moving on, let's uh, get into the financials. Jordan, what do you got for us? All right, Jason, thank you. Uh, the net had a budget of $22 million. At the U.S. box office, it raked over 50.6 mil, and adjusted for inflation for today, that's over 106.5 million dollars. It raked in over 10 million dollars opening weekend, and in the international box office, it brought in almost 60 million dollars. So, for a grand total of 110 million 521,733 dollars from box office ticket sales alone. I was unable to find any sort of sales figures for the home market, DVD sales, Blu-ray, VHS, anything like that. So I couldn't find anything. Um, I found is... rentals. Oh, you did? Yeah, it made like $23 million in rentals. Really? Yeah. Okay, all right. From like Blockbuster? It's probably, yeah, it's probably where my parents got it. That's where. Yeah. Oh. Okay, very cool. Uh, this is uh, Sandra Bullock's 16th largest grossing film today out of the 40 she's been credited as an actor for. Does anybody want to give a guess to her largest grossing film today? And I figure we I, can go around the table. My today. guess is The Blind Side. The Blind Side. Let's see. The Blind Side is number four with 305.7. Uh, no, Kerwin. Nope. Just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Gravity. Gravity. Gravity is number two. Wow. Uh, with a $689 million. Dom? Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality is number nine with 213.4. What about Miss Congeniality 2? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. The series. Don't even All together. Miss Congeniality 2, <laughs> number 17. Damn it. Yeah, that's not fair. It's two. Hey. All right. Um, I'm going to be... I'm gonna be completely wrong. I'm gonna say speed. Speed, number six. Oh. Hold on. Last guess is anybody free for all? Uh, Demolition Man. Oh. Demolition Man, number twelve. Damn it. Two weeks notice. 
two weeks notice number 10 uh the heat the heat number seven 28 days 28 days <laughs> what's That's the one with ryan gosling or ryan reynolds uh, the proposal the proposal the 28 days was uh number 24 the proposal was number three. Oh, okay we're getting there it's a rom all man. right while you were sleeping Last one while you were sleeping. Number eleven. No, nope. nope. All good guesses. All good guesses. The number one highest-grossing film of Sandra Bullock's career. Minions. Wow. Scarlet Overkill. No one fair. billion one hundred fifty-nine million six hundred thirty-one and a thousand a hundred and forty dollars. What was number two? Gravity. Okay, that one wins. Yep. Minions doesn't count. Yeah. I agree with that. It does not count. <laughs> yeah. It's, We're just going to rewrite history and know yeah, she wasn't in that. Voice acting does not count. Yeah. Well, oh, hey, come on. I, I think, it's but an I think, acting credit. But I, I think when we say voice acting doesn't count, that's kind of fucked up to all the professional voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. What would Billy West see. say? Mark, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Great voice know, actor. Man. It's just. All right. All right. Think of the face. Think of the face. You're trying to see the face. Yeah, but you don't even think about the voice. You don't think about the voice. Are you trying to see the face? (laughs) All right, (laughs) let me move on. Uh, The net opened in theaters at number two. Any guesses as to what the number one movie was at the time it opened? Titanic. No. Waterworld. But it did take place on the ocean. What was your guess? Waterworld. Waterworld. Wow. Great job. Lies. Yep, Kevin Costner. (laughs) Waterworld. Uh, the net lasted in theaters uh, for 18 weeks before it was taken out. Now, uh, week one was number two, then five, then sixth, then seventh place, and then I stopped at week five, which was tenth place as it dropped out of the top ten. So, uh, quite a um, lengthy run for Sandra Bullock's uh, net surfing adventure. That's it for me. Okay, so for the ratings, Rotten Tomatoes, 42% of the critics liked it an average rating of 5.2 out of 10. The audience, uh, 44% gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher, with an average rating of 3.1 out of 5. So only 2% difference, so relatively close. Um, and being an older movie and figuring Rotten Tomatoes probably came out a decade after this uh, kind of makes sense. Uh, there are some funny quotes. Uh, first one is by the name of a guy named Jonathan Rosenbaum from the Chicago Reader. He says, a thriller without thrills. That one kind of summed it up. Um, this person said, Justin, his name is Justin Brown from Medium Popcorn. He says, Sandra Bullock is lucky to have a career after this. Wow. Oh, who's that's, that? Fuck you, bro. Holy shit. Right there, yeah. Who's that? His name's uh, Justin Brown, Medium Fuck Popcorn. Fuck you, Justin. Yeah, uh, that's not cool. That's man. harsh. Yeah. That's harsh. And we know you're listening that's, to this podcast, Justin Brown. Yeah, that's way too harsh for this movie. Guys, we're She's lucky after that. What was that one movie she was in? Um, something about Steve or All About Steve or something. You oh, that movie about? was weird as fuck. She won like a, um, a Razzie for it. Jeez. She's all lucky. About Steve? All like About that. Steve, no. number 27th in her top She's lucky to have a career after that one. But not this. Come on, Justin. Um, IMDb. Gave it a 5.9 out of 10 with over 63,000 reviews. So not as many reviews 63, as 63,000, goddamn. 63,000 reviews? That's not a lot. That's, uh, are we, are I guess for an older movie it is. Yeah. But typically most of the movies we review have like over 150,000 plus. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think 
when we did the last movie, it was over 170,000. So um, anyway, yeah, like I said, 5.9 out of 10. Um, all the demos are relatively similar, but um, yeah, that's the ratings. So uh, TJ, why don't you take us uh, to behind the scenes? Uh, so first up, let's talk about uh, the director. So this movie, as Jason said, uh, was directed by Erwin Winkler. Um, you guys may know him. Uh, his most probably famous uh, directing credit is Rocky, which he won a Oscar for Best Picture for. But this guy has been around for a long time. He's been working in film since the 60s. He's worked with people like Elvis and Jane Fonda uh, and connected to a lot of the films that we've heard of. Uh, like Rocky, he came back for Rocky Four, Rocky Five. Uh, he's also been nominated for Os Oscars for Best Picture uh, as a producer in films like Raging Bull, The Right Stuff, and Goodfellas. Uh, he stopped directing in 2006, but continued to serve as a producer. Uh, he did the Creed films, which are also connected to the Rocky franchise, um, and partnered with Martin Scorsese on Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman, which was on Netflix. Uh, so pretty famous guy. I still haven't watched The Irishman. You oh, it's to, good. It is good, but you need it's to carve a, out like yeah, a I'm night. Saying. It's long. Yeah. But it is good. It's, it's like the Snyder Code. It's just like, uh, you got to take oh, breaks. That, I have to take breaks on yeah. it. Uh, let's move into the writing team. So... Uh, this movie was written by uh, John Brancato and Michael Ferris. Uh, these two form a writing duo that started working together in the in the early 90s and worked together through 2017. Uh, in addition to writing The Net, they also wrote movies like uh, Terminator, The Rise of the Machines, and Terminator Salvation as well. They also wrote a $20 ticket favorite, uh, Catwoman, from 2004. <laughs> Wait, we, we haven't reviewed that yet. Halle Berry. Halle Berry's Catwoman. Halle Berry. Uh, not their best work. Uh, as far as development is concerned, uh, production on the net began in early 1995. Uh, originally, the team was uncertain if the studio would go for a relative newcomer uh, for this film, such as Sandra Bullock. As you guys know, this was like pretty early in her career. Um, the year before this, she starred in Speed, which is one of her more famous movies as well. Uh, very similar in terms of like this genre, like moving into this genre and away from romantic comedies. Uh, but that was really the only major credit that she had under her under her belt. So they were uncertain if she was going to be right for this film. But after meeting with her, the producers and the writers were uh, very charmed by her and decided to give her a shot. Uh, there's a featurette on YouTube called The Net from Script to Scene. Uh, and the writers are basically describing the first meeting that they had with Sandra Bullock. And they talk about her coming into the office. And I guess there was like this giant fish tank in the office. And as soon as she walked in, two of the fish started like fighting and ended up like one eating the other one. And so like they were all just focused on that. And that kind of like broke the tension, broke the ice. She was able to like charm them into get, getting this role. And so she signed on in late 1994. The filming of this took place in Janu from January to April in 95. So the film came out pretty quickly uh, into theaters, uh, being released in mid-95. In the beginning, the writers had set out to create an Alfred Hitchcock-like Alfred Hitchcock like film, uh, playing on the paranoia of having your entire life online. Like It was really headed toward like more of a paranoid main character. Uh, but as they were rewriting it and as they went through that, that writing process, they found themselves falling more into like this innocent person wrongly accused uh, category. So less paranoid and more like actually the situation that she's been put in. Uh, 
Like I said, filming began in January of 95 and lasted through April. Filming took place in and around San Francisco, including the Moscone Center, which is featured prominently in, uh, towards the end of the film. Uh, they also filmed in Washington, D.C. And they also filmed uh, the convention scenes at Macworld, which is was a tech trade show uh, hosted by Apple uh, for their Mac products. Uh, this film spawned a sequel as well as a spin-off TV series. Uh, the Net 2.0 uh, was relatively recent. It came out in 2006. Uh, was a similar storyline but different actors and characters set in Istanbul. So not really a sequel as much as just sort of like a spin-off. Uh, and then they also had a TV series that lasted for one season in the 98-99 season. Uh, it starred the same characters but different actors and if you look at like the summary of the TV show, it's almost exactly the same. Like mm. Praetorians, they steal her identity, they frame her for crimes that she didn't commit, and she's just trying to like elude the police and elude Praetorians while trying to get her identity back. So it's essentially the movie, but broken up into 22 episodes. 22 episodes? 22 episode series. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, Watch Mojo has ranked this the third best Sandra Bullock film. Uh, based <laughs> wait, based on what? I don't know. When did based, they post based that? On, based on Watch Mojo. Did they post that in '96 or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. right. No, because like uh, it's the only thing that it's behind is Speed and The Blind Side, which was number number two and number one respectively. Uh, Interesting. I, I feel like a lot of you guys disagree with that. I mean, I'm not. A What's huge, her number one? I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock fan or anything. Blind Side is good though. Yeah, that was her number one. Speed's probably she, yeah, yeah. Speed's yeah. probably there. speed, but she's got Judge, a lot of good hits. Isn't, or Demolition Man's not up there. Or? Demolition Man comes in at number nine on this list. That would be funny though if like this came out in '96 and she only had two roles and this was yeah. the third. Yeah, this is the best third film. Yeah. It's only three. Like, yeah. Number one would have to be Bird Box. Bird Box was good too. Thank you for. I have not that seen down. it. That was good. Oh, I was just going, kidding. I hated that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that movie so much. I thought it much. was good. I thought it was good. I, I oh, it was God. Bad. Oh, I watched it with my wife, and she <laughs> she uh, was super irritated because at the end of it, I, I was just such in a bad mood that I had actually wasted my life watching that movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad, but. I'm just surprised yeah. I think you guys just need to think outside of the box. Thank, thank you for that, Corwin. Uh, but that's pretty much it for uh, for background. There's not a ton of uh, there's not a ton of information out there for this film. Um, a lot of the articles that I read really has to do more with the technology and how well they predicted the things that would be coming. Things like ordering pizza online, which like obviously in '95 was like unheard of. Uh, things like selecting your airline seats like that never happened back in 95 they I I saw I read one article that was like you'd be lucky if you got an email confirmation number let alone being able to select your seats uh, for a major airline and book an entire vacation online so most of the articles that I found had more to do with the technology of the film and how advanced it was at the time which is crazy for us to talk about now because of how outdated a lot of that stuff is but at the time it was really uh, really advanced so that's it that's all i got awesome thank you tj i appreciate it this is me the shortest episode ever <laughs> it's not a bad thing though we're good yeah, it's uh, fine. like 45 minutes tops so i guess we can get into trash and treasure kerwin want to kick us off all right so for trash and treasure 
Uh, I'm just going to start off with a thing that I noticed. Uh, the statue that we see at the beginning of this movie is uh, titled The Awakening. So, you know, where the uh, congressman or the senator or whatever uh, shoots himself, he's at a statue, right? Yeah. Uh, that statue is a 1980 statue by J. Seward Johnson Jr. It is a 72-foot-long statue made of five separate uh, aluminum pieces buried in the ground and it depicts a giant attempting to free himself from the ground and i thought uh considering the circumstances that our uh, main character uh faces in the movie i thought it was pretty fitting because she is she's kind of like a know-it-all in the tech industry at this time she's the one person people send uh their their uh viruses to problems to bugs to and she solves them so you could say she's you know literally a giant in the industry right but throughout this movie she finds herself drowning in uh massive amounts of uh corruption you know falsehoods etc identity theft and i felt like what a way to kind of um represent what it is that our protagonist is going to go through by showcasing this giant drowning i guess you could say in the ground so i thought um specifically choosing that statue to showcase so prominently at the beginning of the movie uh, with this uh, politician shooting himself uh, was very relevant to uh, what Sandra Bullock's character was going to go through. I get that she's a computer nerd, but like, you know, a fireplace on a Sony digital monitor. I was just kind of like, ah, you guys are overdoing it. But then again, you know, we are we are at the advent of the Internet in the early 90s, early to mid 90s. So, you know what? New technology comes out. We embrace that shit. We showcase it nonstop. So I yeah. can't blame them. We've seen that so Think many times. all t- the lighter apps and yeah. beer chugging iPhone apps that we had. Yeah. So to that point, though, that, that Yule Log scene, I mean, that shit's all over YouTube now. Yeah. Netflix has holiday special Yule Logs that you put on the TV. So, so it was, it's... Yeah, Disney Plus has one. Yeah, it yeah. was just... It's, it was funny... In fact, it was my wife that pointed it out, you know, and said, you know, look, it's like the first Yule Log video that ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's it's just funny how much this movie predicts. Screen, yeah. At least now, like, they're like fireplace size screens. That, like, she has it on this, like, eight five inch, by five. Yeah. Yeah. She has, like, an eight inch screen. But, like, to your point, Jordan, like, you're right. It's just to kind of build off of that, it's just funny how much this movie predicts how much we would rely on uh, the net, I guess. Um, and speaking of which, could you even order pizza or book flights online back in 1995? I think the first time I ever ordered a pizza online was like in the 2010s after college. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? One of the articles that I read said that I think it was uh, Pizza Hut. There were some locations that you could email an order to and they would process it. But that was it. So that wasn't like an interactive like web interface. We're actually ordering the pizza. You would like be sending an email to someone that would then receive it and create orders. So that was the only thing that existed back then. And like I said earlier, uh, as far as like travel was concerned, you could get email confirmation, but you would always have to call a travel agent or go through a travel agent who would then do some of this stuff for you. And then maybe you would get like a email confirmation number, but that would be all in terms of like booking travel. Yeah, uh, I I looked it up, and 1994 Pizza Hut was the very first pizza chain to accept an online food order. So the net actually did it before Pizza Hut did it. So it's pretty interesting. And now it's like crazy because 
like you don't even talk to anybody. Not like it's just nuts now. I mean, but, we we just ate pizza that right. I that I you ordered yeah. online. Exactly. Um, so we talk about how uh, the internet has affected the lives of people. You know, at that time, uh, somebody in the movie says uh, when she's in the chat room, they say, "No one goes outside. No one has sex. The net ha- the net is the ultimate condom." Uh, that's kind of true for a lot of people. When you talk about, uh, you know, uh, involuntary celibates or incels or whatever, but you also think about that in terms of uh, people's um, unwillingness to engage in true human interaction, where we can use the internet as a buffer to avoid awkward or uncomfortable situations that we can easily, uh, you know, uh, vacate ourselves from, uh, where we have the uh, the protection of online anonymity to prevent people from finding out who we are when we voice our opinions or choose to uh, attack people online. And I feel like uh, that's a very, very true thing uh, as far as what the internet has become for a lot of people with the advent of social media uh, about a decade or more ago. And, um, you know, I I just thought like a lot of this movie spoke true to a lot of things that are relevant today. you know, even when uh, Sandra Bullock's on the beach in Mexico, she meets, uh, you know, that uh, Jack or whatever his name is uh, on the beach. And uh, they say like, hey, you know what? Look at us. We're on the beach. We're on the, one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And the, and the only thing we could think of is where can I hook up my modem, you know? And so they're, they're just glued to their devices. And I feel like this movie really predicts a lot of what has happened uh, with technology influenced or... Um, dedicated society today um another thing i noticed was like we get the fedex product placement in this movie like there is so much fedex shit going on here like when she takes the delivery at the door at the beginning of the movie like fedex is like prominently in frame at the entire time and when she goes to get her other disc like we don't focus on her getting the other disc like we literally watch the delivery guy stand there and his his uh, head is tilted down so that the fedex (laughs) points directly at the frame and then when she picks up the envelope fedex is like prominently in the uh in the shot and then when we get to the office later on with a fake angela and we go to her desk she has like stacks of fedex envelopes just chilling there so i feel like the product placement was real in this movie um when we talk about the impact of uh technology in the early to mid 90s i don't think that some of this stuff is believable like in 1995 one computer malfunction shuts down all of lax one of the largest international airports in the world one computer malfunction delays all flights in 1995 i don't even think in 1995 like the entire system is uh based on some sort of computer that can be faulted by uh or by faulted by one computer you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me like even today like if some sort of uh virus were to hack lax i feel like we have other protocols installed to make sure that we make sure that other flights inbound and outbound still proceed as planned you know what i'm saying even if we have to ground flights there's still some sort of protocol involved to make sure that we make sure things move along smoothly so i just kind of felt like in 1995 like oh there's a computer malfunction or a computer problem which is why every single flight in la is delayed i just thought that was kind of weird and that that was like that wasn't necessarily a malfunction as much as like it was the praetorians like hacking the system but what i would say to like your point is like not all airlines are on the same system, right? I'm sure that there are, that they differentiate themselves in that way to 
prevent everybody from going down at the same time at one airport. And then, of course, it's the airport that she happens to be at, right? It's yeah. not like on the news, like at a different airport, it's like Sandra Bullock's flight's delayed. Yeah, and you're right. Like, I think I think uh, if they were going to do it, it would be more believable, to your point, like if her flight was the only one that was delayed. But like to right. delay these hundreds of flights for the entire day, I just don't believe that shit. My, my favorite thing about that whole scene was that everything was delayed, right? So then she's like in the food court, like drinking or whatever. And then all of a sudden, everything says on time. And I'm like, how is it on time? You're already late. You can't be on time now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're already, you've already been delayed. Yeah, because there are some flights that are like, we're going to uh, land in five minutes. You're going to depart in half an hour. You're going to leave right. in three hours. It's just like, not everything can shut down. And then things just pick. All of a sudden, just be back up and running. Yeah. Everything Nobody, is- and they just carry on with business as usual. No one is like... Maybe we should just wait one sec. And how, yeah. how is it still on time, like you're saying? When yeah, I was supposed to leave two hours ago. How is right, it on time right. now? Right. Yeah, it just it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, my other trash. So she's walking along with this dude, Jack, on the beach in Mexico, and she's cold. And Ugh. the dude is just like, are you cold? And she's like, no, yeah, I'm kind of cold. And he pulls out a fucking handkerchief and wraps it around her abdomen. That is so fucking stupid. And I'm just yeah. like, put the fucking jacket on her and I get it he has a gun I, I get it now that I've seen what happens after right. I get it he doesn't want her to know that he has a gun but I'm just kinda like come on dog put the gun in your waistband you right. know and then put the jacket around her I just thought that was kinda stupid um, when Sandra Bullock is in the hotel panicking with her therapist that she uh, you know and she's talking about how they knew what she ate, what she drank, what movie she watched, where she was from what cigarettes she used to smoke etc all I could think of is like why didn't you just, uh, when you visited the website, just uh, look at your cookie settings? Every website nowadays <laughs> is just like, hey, would you allow cookies? Just turn off cookies. That's all you gotta do. Uh, I just thought that was kinda kind of stupid. Like, I figure like somebody who is a hacker like her would know that you can find ways to stop people from knowing things about you. Like, you would think that being so successful in your profession that you could find a way to stop people from knowing certain things about you. You would think that, right? Yeah. Yeah, if they come to you to find- The flaws in the system, you would protect yourself from said flaws. Yeah, you should be able to protect yourself. If anything were, were, you should be able to predict what could the negative effects of what could happen to you, exactly. And it's weird that she like spends so much time uh, beta testing all of these things and finding these flaws, uh, but then orders pizza online, like doesn't leave the house, has no human interaction with anybody ever. You know what I mean? Like her entire life is online. And again, it just seems weird that that's, that she would choose to live that way when she spends her professional life figuring out how people can do bad things with that information. So, but whatever. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like she, she's completely ignorant of the uh, industry or the, uh, the subculture that she's like buried herself in. Um, when she's at the, uh, was it Santa Monica Pier or whatever, when she's at a yeah. little carnival or whatever, so Jack shows up behind her and grabs her, right? And she's just like, uh, get off me, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, why don't you scream? Scream, yell, something. This guy's grabbing me. There's people walking in. like a weak ass, like trying to break free of his grip. And I'm just like, really? That's all, that's your biggest effort? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, you you ran, you jumped, you you did all sorts, you swam. And, and like here, this guy catches you at the pier and there's people walking behind both of you in frame and in front of you in frame and i'm just like you don't think to scream you're in one of the most populated places in california 
and you don't scream, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, like, somebody is going to be like, oh, my God, that guy is uh, assaulting that woman. We got to do something. I don't know. There was a pervy-ass mascot just going around grabbing people. It was like, <laughs> hey, dance with me. <laughs> And that's another trash. So of I mine. guess I was just normal there. Yeah, that's another trash of mine. I'm sure. I think she. I, I. I don't think she wanted to draw attention to herself because there were police officers there, and she couldn't. She was oh, also yeah. running from them. That's true. R- Ruth true. Marks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you don't want any more marks on your record. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for this to be over. Cops are ruthless too. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of that Santa Monica scene, we have uh, Sandra Bullock. She runs onto the carousel, right? Mm-hmm. And homeboy just hops into the photo booth and sticks out his pistol <laughs> and tries to snipe her with a silencer, right? Which is dumber, though. Yeah. Didn't he, <laughs> didn't he just say that because the disc was destroyed in Mexico that he needs what's in her head? So he's just going to blindly shoot at her on a moving carousel? That's true. That doesn't make any sense. Like, what if you killed her? You, I y'all think it's dumb on like, both her parts. Also, like, okay, like, I'm trying to get away from someone and you're going to go on something that goes around in circles. He, he wasn't even, like, peeking through the curtain. It was just his hand. Blindly. What the fuck are you looking at? Blindly shooting. And then the worst part is he gets one shot off, and then he hops out of the booth and goes to chase her on the carousel. And I'm like, why don't you just jump on the carousel immediately? Like, why did you hi- hop in the photo booth? That's that's so fucking dumb. I, I thought also, it was so stupid. it hit one of the horses, one of the carousel horses, and the kid on it didn't notice that there was something that just exploded next to him. Yeah, like, Silencer. no... Yeah, like nobody noticed that like some piece of this ride got shot off. Like that's that's so stupid to me. Um, it's not a '90s. It's not a '90s fugitive movie. If we're not running near some body of water and the police don't tackle you, or federal agents or somebody tackle you near some body of water, like we talked about, uh, uh, Double Jeopardy. You know, we talk about the fugitive, U.S. Marshals. Yep. Like, you have to be in some sort of. Uh, if a civilian is running from the uh, the federal agents or state agents or whatever law enforcement, you have to run on some trail and get tackled. I just kind of felt like that was just fulfilling a trope, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I felt so bad for Angela because she is having the hardest time proving her identity, and the only person that may know who she is is her mother who's suffering from Alzheimer's. Yeah. So that was just a that was just a painful scene to watch. Like that's a trash because it sucks for her, but I think that was a that was a pretty smart writing on uh, on part of the writers to to introduce that facet of her of her life that like the one person she does have an outside relationship with outside of her uh, or a real world relationship outside of her uh, kind of net related relationships with people is that her mom is is her mom who cannot even remember who she is do any of us feel like she was kind of young to be having alzheimer's she, she looked she, she looked, looked like, younger she looked like she late 40s or, yeah. 50, or early yeah. 50s yeah yeah she did she kind of threw me off i was like she's pretty i wonder i wonder how old senator bullock was supposed to be in this movie though probably in her 20s right she was like, i mean yeah. she was like early or mid 20s I yeah think. so yeah. i mean to have a mom in your 40s or in her 40s or but like to have 40s. like alzheimer's and be yeah like, you're right yeah i just i just, her mom like looked like alzheimer's maybe yeah her like, mom was like late 40s early 50s yeah, yeah. like to me anyway yeah. i don't know she looked young but then again we have to look at today's time where it's just like we look at people in their 50s and some of them look like they're like late 30s or yeah, mid 40s like, like, like mugga <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna, just gonna keep it moving. 
gonna keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and speaking of that, you know, uh, let this be a fucking lesson. Make some fucking friends. Step outside the house. This incredibly hot woman lives in L.A. and not a single person can identify her. She has no one that she can call to identify her. Like nobody in real life that could say like, hey, I know Angela. I know her. I met her this one time. We hung out this one time. It's just like she is so devoid of a social life that she cannot have one single person physically identify her and say that, no, this is not Ruth. This is Angela. So I just I just kind of felt like that was stupid. And I felt like, you know what? We do have people like that today. But even those people have people in their real lives that can identify them, yeah. you know. Um, and then uh, why? in the movie so we have this like whole news broadcast why are we telling the whole world on public news which cybersecurity software agency the u.s government uses on the nightly news why like why would that be public info yeah that shouldn't be broadcasted on the nightly news in in california that doesn't make any sense to me it's, it's stupid um going into my treasure i guess you could say um I guess technically Jack did kill Angela in the convention center because he killed fake Angela, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Um, and then... Uh, That's your treasure? <laughs> I, I guess. I, I just have a bunch of stuff written down, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even bother to look. He just saw a moving body and shot it and was like, uh, Angela, is that you? Clever girl. <laughs> hey, shoot first, ask questions later, yeah. man. And then, uh, you know, uh, one thing that I did appreciate that I, I felt like that was very intentional, like this movie starts with an overhead shot of her home we see the uh, the open roof of her, you know, in her computer section of her home, doing stuff on the computer, et cetera, kind of confined in this box, right? At night, you know, very isolated, very removed from society. And at the end of the movie, one of the very last shots is uh, the same overhead shot, but she's outside of said room, helping her mom plant flowers, um, you know, uh, being a member of a socially interactive society in person or whatever. Uh, and then we pan over the, uh, the same uh, blocked out portion of the roof and that computer room is empty. So I feel like if they wanted to showcase that, uh, oh, you gotta get out more, you gotta do this sort of thing, like that was definitely intentional. For sure. And um, you know, Jordan, you're probably gonna talk about this a lot more in your Trash and Treasure, but like, I do like the fact that they showcase that, yeah, there are, problematic things with uh so many people's information being uh you know on the internet like people can track a lot of the things that you say and do and feel and your data etc like jack says like we figured out that uh this politician's uh button was homophobia and we knew that we could uh falsely diagnose him with hiv because he was so homophobic he'd rather kill himself than face any sort of treatment or let that news get out I felt like that was a there was that was a very powerful thing to say, but I feel like this movie starts off with that kind of hard hitting uh, social commentary, but it does nothing with it. It doesn't go as deep as it could, I guess you could say. I feel like to have that be such a trigger for uh, for a, a politician to commit suicide, and then this movie kind of feels like fluff all the way throughout. I've, I I kind of feel like this movie should have hit a lot harder based on what it is they used 
to make this man kill himself at the very beginning. Are you still in trash or are you in treasure? I honestly, I didn't even organize this shit because okay. I don't care. Okay. What are they called? The Praetorians or whatever the fuck? Uh, Praetorians. 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 The Praetorian they guards should, from The Last Jedi. They should have fucking showed like them implementing or infiltrating these like agencies and stuff like that. That's one of my more of an impact. Yeah. More of an impact it shows. Like yeah. they're more of a threat. Yeah, but that's that's it for my trash and treasure. I, I'll probably chime in if you guys have anything else, but that's my trash and treasure. That was really great, Kerwin. Thank you for that. Jordan, <laughs> what's your <laughs> Hey, I'm leaving this, aren't I? I love that positivity. The, yeah, yeah, I do. It's I'm reinforcing nice. the positivity. No, Great job, no, Irwin. no judgmental stares yeah. or anything we'll like that. Put a star that. next to your name. Yeah, thank you. Thank I didn't you. have any silly puns. No, I'm not talking no. down. You guys are nothing. No, no, no. no. I did not hear one pun. Yeah, I was just let him speak. You know, Jordan, trash and treasure, please. Thank you, Jason. I would be happy to share my trash and treasure. Let's go ahead and start off with the treasures tonight. Uh, this movie. Let's got, just. You got some? Wow. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this movie was full of nostalgia. I mean, Kerwin, to your point, that opening shot, the pan down through the skylight and kind of see her workstation. I mean, she's starting off this movie by playing some classic Wolfenstein. Now, I have fond memories of playing those old school games on the very first PC I had, Wolfenstein and classic Doom. Seeing. 3.5 inch floppy disks again I don't know why but it you know it warms my heart a little bit because I know there are plenty of people out there that have no idea what the fuck those are and uh, I remember trying to load a video on like eight of those things just because you just didn't have the space to it I saw uh, I saw a meme where it's like kids don't know why the save icon on their computers yep like they don't know what that is yeah but it, obviously it's a floppy disk, but they have no idea what it is. Right. They just know that that's the save button. But it's just so interesting to me. Um, I actually enjoyed the pixelated fish tank on her computer monitor that she swapped over to the uh, the old school Yule log. Um, you know, it's funny. A lot of these things that are happening in this movie are kind of like resurging. I mean, uh, we talked about the Yule log on Netflix or, or YouTube. Uh, the scene where she's wearing the high-waisted bikini uh, on the beach, according to my wife, those those bikini styles are coming back again. So, I mean, it's just showing that time is cyclical and it'll all come around again. The I don't know if you guys bothered to pause and read it, but the list of patients that the nurse is bringing in when Dr. Champion is getting his meds, like I paused it and I read it. And here are a couple of the names that were on the on the list of uh, patients that he needed to make the rounds for. First up, O. Simpson. Next up, A. Champion. That's the doctor, by the way, that's his name. Alan Champion, A. Champion. We had J. Bobbitt. Wow, okay. Anybody, you guys remember that? Okay. Here they just got lazy, A. Man. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had, and these I, I couldn't recognize, uh, but maybe you could. B. Burton, R. Clemson, K. Robertson, D. Drucker, G. Nathan, and D. Sosna. Any of those? No? All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We're all waiting for Kerwin to say a pun. Yeah, I, I was waiting for it. Um, Slow Sosna. <laughs> my final treasure is... Uh, it's not necessarily a good thing, but I, I appreciated it. The conversation that Angela is having with her court-appointed attorney, 
this lady is clearly rolling her eyes at all of this conspiracy and craziness that Angela is spouting out. And it is a spot-on prediction of all the different kinds of things that are happening today. You know, people can manipulate your records. They can gather your social security numbers, and it's it's freaky. So uh, I, I thought it was a treasure because it's something that they clearly put out, I think, just to make it sound scary, actually turns out to be, you know, things that can happen to you today. Uh, so those are treasures. Let's move on to the trashes. First up, now, Kerwin, you said the only person that could potentially identify Angela was her mother. I'd like to add Dr. Alan Champion, the creepy, creepy motherfucking doctor. Okay, so after Angela's character runs away from the cops, she calls who she believes is the only person who can help confirm her identity, and in comes Dr. Alan Champion. Yeah, a champion. A champion. But they probably should have called him Dr. A. Douchebag. Because make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is no white knight. He is a fucking predator. This guy used to be Angela's therapist and then lover. He knows her both professionally and intimately. And when Angela gets in his car, she is clearly showing signs of strange behavior. Panic, paranoia, and looking extremely troubled. This kind of shit is right up his wheelhouse. This is a normal, boring-ass Tuesday case for this guy. And instead of trying to just take five minutes to discover what the root of her troubles is, he straight up dismisses her fears and tries to move on to an evening of getting fucked up and banging. <laughs> Ugh. I thought when you called me we were here to have fun like the old days. Ugh, it's over with my wife, but here, have some of her old clothes because that's how I get my rocks off. You nasty, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Next up, the bitchy neighbor across the street. Okay, the original Karen. The original Karen, yes, okay, the original Karen. Um, Who the fuck? is this lady who lives across the street from Angela and why is she in her house and interrogating her when she gets back home to the house that's being sold? Yeah, you don't fucking know her. Yeah. How is this any of her fucking business? Also, how is this lady saying like, oh, I don't know who she is. I've never seen her. She moved out the other day. But did we not just see her looking at her at the very beginning of the movie strangely when she's uh, sending out those FedEx packages. Shout out to FedEx, not USPS or UPS or DHL. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you 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 took the words right out of my mouth, Kerwin. I mean, this. Give me a fucking break. I don't socialize with many of my neighbors, but I can at least recognize them if I see them out on the street. And if you couldn't, you wouldn't pretend like you could. You, right. If you uh, actually, I never really got a good look at that person, so I don't know who was in the house the other sure. day. Sure. And. What was so unbelievable is like, you mean to tell me that you haven't once in all of your time living there seen Angela leave the house just to take out the trash or run an errand? I mean, we already know you're a nosy bitch because Kerwin, as you said, she's trying to like sneak a peek through like the window curtains uh, from her curb. I mean, and here she is like, I don't know who the fuck this person is. I've never seen her before. It's also funny when she's like, I had a temporary passport, you know, given to me and the neighbor's like, do they even do that? I don't even think they do that. Bitch, you don't know. 
well, also, why not interview her next door neighbors? This lady is from across the street. Why not interview her next door left, right, uh, left hand and right hand neighbors? Uh, absolutely. So there's that one. I have a couple uh, rapid fire ones before I get into my main final one. Um, Angela's desires when she's listing off what she wants in a man little excessive i mean yeah. you do you boo boo but uh i don't think there are many guys out there that are going to fill that order okay yeah. the other thing that's so I funny to me is that, like pretended that like that was like off the top of her head like right? off the cuff here's right? what i want a man and i'm like girl come on you know she wrote that in her notebook like a thousand times or something like that uh next up you mean to tell me the guy flying the plane didn't see the flashing lights on the tower that are specifically there to prevent it pilots from crashing into them that. bro it wasn't even cloudy <laughs> yeah i mean how the fuck can you miss that why can't i work for a company that lets me borrow speedboats in mexico um <laughs> why the fuck does he cut his hand after meeting the guy who steals her purse in the jungle does damn he got away just not work in mexico sandra you just had a man attack you on a boat and you knocked him out cold with a wine bottle. Get over there and finish the fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Don't let him get up. What the hell? Mm -hmm. uh, this doctor, Dr. Champion sucks. I mean, what kind of person, much less a doctor, doesn't check the label on their prescriptions that clearly states penicillin? I mean, uh, Kerwin, you touched on this. The peer rabbit mascot was like super creepy and aggressive and was looked like he was going to borderline start humping people you know what's funny is like he tries to grab jack or whatever yeah and he forces him off and then jack runs away and he fucking like flips him off he's just like yeah. hey you jerk and i'm just like you have been sexually assaulting people yeah. all night what yeah. the fuck i had a problem with this movie's day night cycles like it seemed to go from day to night like super quickly so when he when she's entering um the building at the towards the end of the movie i forget i forget the name of the company but she goes in, it's like mid-afternoon. I'm sorry? Cathedral. Cathedral, thank you. She goes into Cathedral and it's like mid-afternoon and she pulls a fire alarm and gets everybody to go out and by the time everybody comes back in, it's it's nighttime, but it didn't really seem like that much time had passed. That was dumb. Uh, I think the worst trash in this whole movie, according to me, is anchovies on a pizza? <laughs> It's fucking disgusting. And look, if you like anchovies on your pizza, then I feel sorry for you because you are just the latest in a long line of confused individuals who were convinced that stinky fermented fish belong on a pizza. This was some sort of cruel $20 bet conceived by some guy named Chet or Chad or Chon, played on his dopey friend Billy, who only wanted to be one of the cool kids. So he ate the pizza abomination with a smile on his face. And then the worst thing in pizza history happened. This little bastard, Billy, <laughs> went and convinced his friend that he liked it and convinced Mikey to try it. And then Mikey convinced somebody else to do it. And he convinced somebody else. And so it spread like a disease, <laughs> like HPV on a college campus into a perverse mindset that some people still have today. You won't get a fucking vaccine, but you'll actively put this shit in your body? Get the fuck out of here, Karen. God. Now it's your turn. You let me know via our $20 ticket Instagram whether you agree or disagree with anchovies being allowed on pizza. If the overwhelming popularity is that anchovies belong on a pizza, I will swallow my pride and I will swallow some nasty ass anchovy pizza. 
Can you insert like a push a T? Yuck. Yuck. Okay. Um, so what is a uh, overwhelming uh, majority to you? Well, we have a, an ability to put a vote. Right up, Kerwin? So 51 49. 51 49. But, but no $20 members can vote. Just general public. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Everyone, everyone can vote on this. We're going my, anyone, burn, my burner account. Can like. vote. <laughs> I think, anyone can vote. I think this is a $20 first putting out a, uh, a bill like this, too. So we have to look out for this on the Instagram, Open on call. our story. Open call. Yeah. So look out for that post on our story. You can vote. We can make this guy eat a piece of anchovy Fermented pizza. Fermented fish pizza. Which I've, I've never had. Me either. Me neither. Also, um, we talked about this earlier, but like, doesn't it feel like... Um, 90s was so obsessed with anchovies on pizza like so many Ninja cartoons Turtles, they have yeah, like Ninja the Turtles so many other cartoons live turtles. action so it makes sense that they would like fish on pizza yeah but like we there's so many things where it's just like anchovies ew like we had so many mentions of anchovies on pizza in the 90s as kids growing up Fre- like, Friends talks about it too yeah yeah yeah. like Ross's like, like no, oh no, no anchovies. anchovies like it's a regular fucking thing right like, you have to say that. Like, oh, no, we get anchovies on everything unless you tell us not to. How do anchovies differ from sardines? They are sardines, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I think they may be they're like smaller, fer- though. They're, like, fermented, though. They're what? nasty, and they don't belong anywhere close to a pizza. And if like- you think that they do, you're fucking wrong. Well, get your bib ready, fool, because you're eating uh, a goddamn hey, piece of anchovy fine. pizza. That's fine. Can you order a pizza that's with a just one beer. slice with anchovies? Because we don't want a whole pizza with anchovies. Can we on get it. like a small, okay, with like half with yeah, anchovies, yeah. and then we'll make sure we they, and, they and chop a ch- up chaser. <laughs> they, they chop, chop it up and put it right there in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we just order a small and just buy our own anchovies and slap that shit on there. We could do that too. No, no, I don't want. I don't want to do that. Everyone's thinking. Kerwin I, is thinking. Yeah, and I'm gonna get. I may, I might be blacked out right now, but I am thinking. And I, I'm gonna need to get more fucked up than Kerwin is currently to eat that fucking <laughs> that's pizza. A, that's a tall order. Well, we promise to have some Guinness for you yeah. if you do that. Thank you. Anyway, that's my trash and treasure. No, but I feel like you should have held the mic the whole time you were saying that. Like, I fucking dare you. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jordan. Thanks for that challenge. I, I just want to point out, like, I'm on the. Um, the Pizza Hut app right now, they don't even have anchovies. It's not even an option. I think Papa John's does anchovies still. Not that Papa John's has great pizza or anything. Uh, but. Uh, Jordan, don't you worry. We, we will find we a will place find them. Don't worry. that has anchovies. All right, Teach, <laughs> on to your trash and treasure. That's a tough act to follow, but I will take a, a stab at it. Um, all right, let's start off with trash. Uh, I don't know if this was like typical in the mid-90s. I feel like it probably was more a sign of the times and like the style of cinematography at the time. But there's a lot of like really weird close-ups on mouths. I don't know if you've noticed this. I, I, I don't know I if did. this is common in the yeah. 90s. It just is, it really throws me off. They're not shots that you see anymore. Uh, there's no reason or logic as to why they would do that in my mind, you know, I, like I, what are they thinking? Uh, there's also a lot of like weird random slow motion scenes, uh, particularly when there's like action happening. So when the plane crashes into the tower, it kind of like has a couple frames of slow-mo. When she crashes the boat into the rocks, a couple frames of slow-mo. When she hits the guy with the fire extinguisher, a couple frames of slow-mo. It just like is weird and misplaced. Um, and again, like I don't know if that was just common at the time for them to do that in the 90s, but it just 
it dated the movie even more for me. I feel like that, like you're right in some action movies, like I remember it, like it Die Hard. It feels like it, yeah. They, there's like a couple frames that are slow mo. Yeah, I think yeah. it just happened a lot. It then. feels like just the sign of the times, I guess. Of yeah. The like '90s, early to mid '90s. I also thought that the plot moved really quickly. Like she seemed to connect the dots really fast. And considering that this is someone who like, she's not really a hacker. She just plays around with programs until she finds the flaws and then she tries to fix them. She's a beta tester. That's not really a hacker, but she like connects the dots really, really fast. Like it isn't until like now watching the movie, I'm like, oh, there's a reason why he was able to like know what all of her favorite things was. He like ordered the same drinks that she ordered and smoked the same cigarettes. And she like registers all that as like him having access to all of her data. But I don't know that you would like, that would be the first thing that you noticed was like, he smoked the same cigarettes as me. So he must know that I bought those cigarettes. Like it just seemed to be like, I don't know. She solved the mystery way before I think she really would have in real life. Um, the other thing too that I think is like, obviously any movie with tech is gonna be dated pretty quickly. This movie is dated, this movie did not age well. Like you can watch this movie and, and we were talking about this before we started recording. Like there's some things that you watch and you don't really, um, they don't seem to be as old. Like you can watch an episode of Friends and it's fine until you see them whip out their laptop or a cell phone or whatever that they're they're using at the time. And then you're reminded of like how old it is. But everything in this movie from like the cinematography to the clothes to the technology, it all just aged really, really poorly. Um, and it's actually kind of disappointing to yeah. watch it now because it's just, like I said, it's just very old. And the things that, what I will say though, it, like as a treasure is the things that they're dealing with are still things that we deal with now. And I think even more so, um, not just like credit card history and medical history and you know insurance information and all that stuff being online, but we're also putting our own shit online too with social media and like our locations. And you know we're, we're giving people access to that information like voluntarily. Um, so I think that was interesting. I've, of course, I think Sandra Bullock, from a from a treasure perspective, I think she did a great job. I always think she does a pretty good job, uh, on with rare exception. So I think she was a treasure for me. Um, like I said, I think the premise was an interesting thought, though not very plausible. And I think they took some pretty big liberties in, in telling the story. Um, the other thing that I really liked about this movie, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like the last... Uh, I'd say the last quarter of the movie, there's not a lot of dialogue happening. Um, obviously, when they're in the convention center, there's some dialogue between Jack and Angela and Ruth. But the whole time that she's in Cathedral, she's setting off the alarm, uh, she's downloading files, she's really just talking to herself. There's not really a lot of dialogue happening. Um, and even the words that she's saying, we can also see on the screen, you know, as she's like reading what's on the screen. To me, that's like really good storytelling because we go a really large portion of time without there being any memorable like script. Like it's just her typing and us reading what's on the screen and kind of connecting all the pieces ourselves. So I think that's like good from a storytelling perspective that they were able to do that. So that, that's my that's my last treasure. Awesome, thank you, TJ. All right, Dom, you're up. What's your trash? What's your treasure? So my trash. Uh, as soon as I started watching the movie, like ten minutes in. I immediately looked up the date when this movie was just to make some sort of logical sense of why the internet was acting the way it was and how responsive it was. I'm like, hmm, this has to be like maybe early 2000s maybe or I don't know. But I saw that it was 95 and I was like, this is not fucking accurate at all. Um, so I didn't like that. It just wasn't accurate portrayal of the time. Um, 
Sandra Bullock, I felt like it's a trash. Sorry, TJ. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a sense of fear in her at all. Like, throughout the whole movie, she just seemed kind of, like, blah to me, that is. Um, she made some questionable uh, choices throughout the whole movie. Um, as far as, like, when she found the gun in the guy's uh, jacket, she, you know, she empties the clip, but she holds onto it and almost hands it back to him when he asks about it. I was like, why would you do that? If you find a gun, wouldn't you just, like, try to book it as soon as possible? I don't know. So. Or shoot he, him. Yeah, right? Like, what is this about? And then I didn't like that he got so peeved when he asked her, like, who are you really? And then he just went on to this whole rant. Like, he reveals his devious plot. Right. Yeah, as like, we're zoomed in on his mouth. Yeah. That whole segment was just weird <laughs> to me. I was just like, okay, he has a gun pointing at you. You're not even showing any fear. And then he's like, where's the clip? And he's like, oh, I have it. <laughs> and then she, he goes to reach for it and he just throws it in the water and it's like why didn't you toss it to begin with right doesn't he seem like a bootleg uh the guy that played dr doom in the fantastic four movies yes he seems like a bootleg uh, version of that guy yeah like dr claw from inspector gadget the yeah. whole oh thing. rupert everett yeah dr claw yeah the whole, dr. Doom. that whole sequence is just weird to me so she knocks him out with the wine bottle but then she goes and gets her stuff but then gets finds the keys and wants to turn on the boat with him still on it right i would have pushed him overboard yeah right he's unconscious so she's like okay i can't operate this boat and i can't radio for help because i don't know how to operate this fucking also you're a computer person you can't turn on a fucking radio that's what i'm saying it's like she's smart but she's not smart at all okay so all of us here at this table if you were just dropped on a boat and told to drive back to shore would you Within within thirty seconds, would you know how to operate a uh, marine vehicle? Nope. Yes, yes. Thank you, Laughlin. Do I know where I'm dropped off? Like at? a big boat? No, no. Just could you turn on the boat and go and go? They they just yeah. say they drop they drop you in the middle of the ocean and you can see the shore and they oh. say go to shore. They drop you in the boat, give you keys. You don't have you driven a boat before? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so you have then. Yeah. Okay, and you have TJ. Yes. You have Jordan? Yes. Okay, so have you I done? Have, well, it's not the same type of boat. Okay, so like yeah. I, I never have. Yeah. So I guess what I can say is just like I would blame that more on her uh, lack of knowledge as far as how boats are operated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, if you've never been on a boat, I can imagine, but it's pretty so, similar to a car. It was just weird to me. And then, you know, she spends like, you know, five minutes trying to get the thing to start. And then she, like, she immediately crashes like right afterwards. You know what I mean? And then... Well, my I mean, first thought afterwards was just like, okay, the guy's going to get back into the boat and see that she crashed and then like abduct her. But she ends up in a hospital. Also, I don't know how she didn't drown because she <sighs> shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean. All right. So this just goes more into her questionable decisions. Like she sees that, you know, she starts to realize her identity has kind of been like hijacked. And, you know, the police are after her, uh, which I think they publicize it on the news and stuff like that. Yep. I was like, why not change your appearance? Wouldn't that be like one of the first things? Probably. I mean, the outsiders t- taught us that. But she's still totally going. Right. She's still doing her hair, taking showers and shit, and just going out plain face. Like, why not put a disguise, sunglasses, a hat? Like, <laughs> I don't know, something. Some ICP makeup. Something. <laughs> some, some ice. She's a juggalette or whatever. <laughs> there you go. I don't fucking know. Anything would be better than that. It's she's on her way to the gathering. Who cares? It's like staying off the grid 101, and she's like disobeying all those like rules you know what I mean she going didn't. to old contacts and old flings visiting her house fucking 
staying on main roads, like watch Lord of the Rings, like stay off the road. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then just like uh, the whole pier scene, it's just, you know, not really breaking free. I feel like that was a weak, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. it was a weak ass attempt to get away and then going on a merry-go-round to escape someone. Like, even if you did dodge his, you know, point of view at that moment, you still at some point will catch a glimpse of that person on that vantage point or whatever. Do you notice um, when her, the purse thief as well, like that whole scene, uh-huh. when he's like snatching the purse, she's also like, it, it's kind of long, like when he's like grabbing the purse and she's just standing there and then he runs off, like like also not putting up much of a fight there either. And then he runs in after, um, Jack runs after the guy and she's like, oh no, it's not worth it. That's why she's kind of in my trash. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, um... I just felt like she was brisk jogging to escape from everything. Uh, she wasn't really <laughs> running for walking. yeah. She wasn't really running for her life, and, and I don't know. Uh, I cringed like really hard when she popped out at the end with like a fire extinguisher. I'm like, bitch, he has a gun. Like, you brought a fire extinguisher to a gunfight. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do? No, like, Dominic. Here's something you need to know about '90s movies. A fire extinguisher will defeat any firearm. And but it's, like, it's dude, they had the element of surprise. She just popped out like. Oh, guess what? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. She got got the power to extinguish fires. Uh, Also, he wasn't very observant because, and I will say, like, when I first watched this movie, I remember thinking, like, where did that fire extinguisher come from? Oh, my God. But, like, now watching it, you see it behind her back. It's a bright red cylinder, (laughs) right? So it's like he just, like, walked up to her slowly and got knocked out, I guess. Uh, The fake FBI cop, when he goes and gets her out of jail, I was like, all right. Brother's gonna save the day. He's gonna be the cool guy. Nope. Piece of shit. Trash. Antagonist. I hated him. I, I, this movie was just boring to me. All right. Moving on to my treasure. The, there are none. The noise from the gun made me reminded me of Goldeneye. Yeah, did. With the silencer. Yep. And the clever girl line reminded me of Jurassic Park. <laughs> nice treasure. That's my treasure. That's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. All right. It's better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tom. All right, so I'm gonna round it out. So my trash, I thought the movie started out a little dark. The guy killed himself. I don't know, yeah. suicide. I mean, I don't know, it's just a little dark. I forgot about that, rewatching this. Also, question, is it, nor- I mean, that guy just left a government building. Is it normal for people to be carrying a firearm? He's the Secretary of Defense, you know what I mean? Like, he just had a firearm on him. You're talking about the very beginning? Yeah. He might have had it in his vehicle. That's yeah. a good point. Or he has a con- with his sack lunch. Yeah, he might have a CC license too. Yeah. Um, Does that uh, work in federal buildings? I don't know about that. But if but you're a politician, like, I don't know how that uh, works. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think our. I don't. I don't know what the rules are. I mean, we're doing this podcast. I don't think any of us are running for office. So um, <laughs> I have no idea. 2024, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you guys already said it. Sandra's computer works really fast for 95. I'm like, pizza ordering, plane tickets. There's no fucking way. Um, I thought the fireplace or Yule log graphic looked like shit. Um, <laughs> it was 1995. God damn. I felt warm seeing it. Sure. <laughs> no, you did not. Um, I think it's kind of weird that like, there's a there's a few deaths in this movie and no one takes time to like even bat an eye at it. Like well, it is on the news. No, but like even Dale's death with the with the plane. Oh yeah. Like he's come to see Sandra. Like this dude from the company calls her. She has no idea this happened. Before and, vacation. Yeah, right before vacation. And however the conversation goes, but then it's like the guy's like, oh, you didn't know? Dale crashed his plane. She's like, oh my gosh. 
well, I got to catch a flight. And it's like yeah. literally yeah. that fast. Yeah. Like no one sheds a tear. So. Yeah, you are right about that. <laughs> um, TJ, I think you touched on this. All the flights switch from like delay to on time at the same time. And th- there's no way they're still on time. It's just, it was all goofy as fuck. Um, I kind of feel like there's some parts where like I'm seeing some Ethan Hunt in Sandra Bullock where she's like running a lot. Uh, yes, I actually wrote that down. Sandra Bullock runs a lot in this movie. Yeah. Well, she power walks Jogs. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she walks briskly. But but like like the cigarette to the face real quick, like that's between her fingers, not even like her index or her middle. It's like between like her pinky and her ring finger. It just does it real quick. The escape onto the the little like emergency float boat behind them, um, and she falls out. Or hits the rocks and then she like runs out. But I'm just saying like that's awful editing. Well, she doesn't run out, but she gets, she goes to the hospital. But it's like just like that whole scene where it's like the cigarette and then she throws the clip and like she's trying to escape. It just felt like she's not able to do this stuff. I don't know. It felt beyond her. This is someone who doesn't get out much, so it yeah. seems weird that she'd be able to do all this. Yeah, she's like so aware. I don't know. Um, was that just an accident though? I don't think she. Like coordinated that. I don't think it was like a no, but like she she knew she had the clip, so yeah. she does that thing where she shows, and then tosses it like you said, right? Yeah. So that's on purpose to. I know. thought is he, she only tossed it because she she grabbed his arm and she's like ah get yeah. rid of it so you can't shoot me. But then she went and like put the cigarette out mm, on his face. Yeah. I don't know. I just go well, don't go back and watch it. But I'm not. I'm not. If you can, just like <laughs> go back and think about it. It's 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 interesting. Um. When she gets back to, after the vacation, when she gets back to her house that's being sold, like, why does she show the cops the fake visa? Like, and then I f- literally say, well, yeah, that's me, but that's not the right name, bitch. And then it's like, well, did you sign this? Well, yeah, but that's not my signature. I forged, but I signed this, this. Yeah, forged yeah. a fake document. Federal document. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, why the fuck are you saying that? Actually, that's a great question. If you guys were stranded in another country and somebody came up to you after you had lost all of your information and was like, hey, here you go, but it's the wrong name, would you sign it and use that identification to get back into the States? I don't sure. know, obviously, I think I, I mean, would. no, 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 no. Obviously, she like <laughs> was has gone through hell, but also in Mexico, she doesn't, she doesn't like tell anybody like, oh my God, this guy tried to kill me. Like, there's no police anything. Like, I was on this boat, he was checked in, this was his name, like, I was in a hospital for three days. Like she just, she just wakes up from a coma, presumably, and then is just like, "Okay, I gotta go back home." That just seems weird to me too. Yeah, saying something to the effect that somebody assaulted you and tried to murder you, and that you were in a hospital for three days. Like nobody asked questions that she was on this little dinghy. Yeah, that might nowhere. That might help your case. The front desk clerk was just a piece of shit. It's like asking about when she checked out. I was like, okay, can someone that checked me in confirm my face and identity and recognize that I'm still here? Like, I don't know. I feel like you should have done more. LOL, because as that scene was happening, there's been times I've been in hotels where I'm not checking out, right? I just leave when I'm supposed to leave. But I feel like if you didn't check out in 95, like, they just, you just kept, right? Like, you just stayed there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happens right now if you don't check out now. But I'm fairly certain they just, you're just not in the room anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that someone physically had to check out for her to be like not in the room, not like, oh no, you checked out. It's like, I, I don't know. I right. think Jordan's question's fair. Like imagine you're on your own going to Mexico or wherever, somewhere abroad, and you're on your own and all this stuff happens to you and you're, you're in the hospital, you get out, you have nothing, you have no identification, 
no cash, no nothing. And you know that you're stuck. Like, you know you're not getting out of this place. Your mom's got dementia. She ain't going to be able to find your fucking birth certificate and send it back to you or whatever it takes. In the same time period? Like, 95? It's 95. Okay. You're fucked. Right. Like, you're literally fucked if you don't have these, like, physical papers. Like today, I'll be like, oh, so now this, So now some random lady comes up to you. I'll check my Instagram. Yeah. And like gives sneak. you the Willy Wonka golden ticket and says, hey, do you want to go home? Sign right here. And it's like, well, that's not me. Do you want to go home? And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. All right, bye. And then you get home and you figure it out. I, now, it didn't turn out that way for her in the movie, yeah. but it's like, in reality, she would have got home and been fine. Yeah, I, I would sign whatever you gave me to get back to America. Is that kind of what you were asking? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I think, and that's why I said yes initially, because that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm getting out of there. Yeah, but I think home. the fact that she was so secluded kind of made her a little bit naive to, well, like, that, the real world. That was also, like, in the, in the like, little featurette that I watched um, on YouTube, like, that's what the writers were kind of talking about was, like, this problem is sort of a problem of her own making, okay. right? Like, like, the way that she chose to live her life strictly online is what led to her being the target of all of this. Yeah, because uh, even the uh, person she reached out to for help, uh, Jack found out about, went yeah. to their place and presumably killed them. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the other thing that we talked about earlier. It's just like, make some fucking friends. Mm -hmm. See yeah. some people in real life. S something. Something. Yeah. Find Cyber Bob's real <laughs> yeah. Yeah. profile. I mean, you don't Our even house. really need to make friends. Just introduce yourself to your fucking neighbors. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Say, yeah. hey, here's my phone number in case a sprinkler breaks. I'm not home or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my next trash is uh, when Sandra is driving up PCH1 or whatever she's driving up, and then the cops are behind her, and she, like, veers off the road, and then the cops get close to her and arrest her. It looks like the one reading the Miranda rights is reading off a piece of paper. Yeah. It's real quick, but it's like he's kind of like holding her down with one hand and with the other hand reading. Oh, and I think a lot of cops do do, they, do that. Yeah. Really? I thought that was something like, you had to memorize. Um, I think most of them probably do memorize over time, but there are like little cards with the Miranda rights that they have on their clipboards or whatever that they're reading. Interesting. Because if you say it wrong, because if you say it wrong, it's a big deal. Okay. Of course, like who's going to be able to prove that you said it wrong? But if you do say it wrong, it's a big deal. Yeah. No, I just I just thought it was interesting. It doesn't have to be word for word. It's just you have I, to say those things. I'm not a police officer. I've never been a police officer, but I'm pretty sure I could read you the fucking Miranda rights without a card yeah. right now. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it was like, maybe if he was like on his arm or something, he like shits it up. Or even if he had a clipboard, I would feel... Those bullets. Yeah, if he had the <laughs> gun arm. Um, <laughs> no, but like, it looked like it was almost like like a note card. Like the script. Because the actor could not remember his lines. Oh, he, That's what it felt like. He so, straight up pulled that card out of his belt just so he could fucking read the Miranda So did he, did he pull like something out where it's just like, oh, how do I arrest this person? And it was just like a PowerPoint presentation with stick figures on it. That's exactly how what it was. How do you arrest someone? Must have been his first day. Yeah, the right to me in silent. Anything you say can will be held against you in the court. You have the right. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you. Do you understand these rights that have been given to you? Don, wow, pretty damn close. That's pretty good. I'm afraid you to ask why I know that. It's probably not the same, but now, <laughs> it's changed over time. Refuses to it's evolved. abide uh, instructions. Repeat and add or else at the end. Hey, you know what though? You got to fight for your, for your right. right. 
to party. Well, no, to be considered a uh, citizens of the United States and be treated respectfully. Okay. <laughs> All right, move. Okay. Totally missed that. Okay. okay. All right, Jay, keep All going. Right, yeah, moving on. We're we're on the home stretch here. Yeah. Um, Jesus. See the light. <laughs> Feels like a lot of my trash has inspired a lot of conversation. Yes. Well. <laughs> you guys already. You guys already talked about the hacking looking easy for uh, like looking easy for the '90s. Like, did she really hack? No, but I don't know. Like, it just everything she did. It just like it was just given to her. I felt like. Um, who, who is Praetorian? Yeah. Here's the answer. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, there's a, a pie button at the bottom of everything I go to. Let me click on this. Hmm. Um, I recognize you. <laughs> exactly. Um, Sandra using the fire department disguise again. Ethan Hunt. She does more running. It just mm. reminds me of Mission Impossible. That's 1. like the only disguise she used. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, it was effective. Yeah. The visual of Clever the girl. The visual of the virus destroying the gatekeeper software on her on the computer. Yeah, they so talked the about pushed, this too. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was funny. So they, they were talking about it in the in the thing that I watched, and they were just saying like, obviously viruses don't work that way, yeah. right? Like we all know that they just will just destroy your shit. Like, you got to show it, <laughs> but somehow. you have to show it like visually, and so yeah. that's why they they chose to do it like that. I just thought it was kind of goofy, but fine. I was like, oh gee, I wonder what this is doing. Um, and again, I think Dom, you're touched on this. Just like, why is she so confident that a fire extinguisher would beat a gun? I just, I don't, I don't get that. Did you look to see what kind of damage that fire extinguisher did? But still, it just mean, pop it, out confidently. I like, would say, oh. I would say, if I defeated this guy with a wine bottle, then I would feel a lot more confident with a fire extinguisher. I'm just like saying the already, way she did it though. She's she's a uh, two for two for two. She knocked him off his feet and over a railing with that single fire extinguisher. But I'm just saying. She popped out like, you ain't got shit on my fire extinguisher and she felt confident knowing that he had a gun. In today's age, I was still wouldn't do that shit. You would you do that shit? You would say you feel comfortable like, oh, you got a gun? What? In close quarter <laughs> combat? No. Absolutely. I'd take a knife over a gun. For sure. No. A fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. I would take a fire extinguisher. Let me, let me tell you something. I play a lot of first person shooters. All right. If I had the option between uh, an assault rifle or a fire extinguisher that was a one hit kill every time I hit somebody with it, guess what? I'm running around with a fucking fire extinguisher. Okay. Now we're in real life. So now we're doing this. <laughs> and you have a fire extinguisher and someone's coming at you with a gun. And now you what do you do? popped out like what you got. With confidence. With confidence. She waited. She had confidence. She did. She did. I would have done one thing differently. I would have like sprayed him in the face with the fire extinguisher yes. first. Yeah. I would have and done then that I would have, you know, knocked him out. Yeah. That's what I would have done. That would have taken some of the weight out, but you know. Moving on. Um last no, I have two trashes left. Um Oh god. <laughs> Twenty more minutes, man. <laughs> so the movie just kind of like ends like with her okay back at the house with her mom like you guys were talking about and like yeah great she got this virus uploaded to the software great but like is she still wanted for the murder from the pretend FBI agent in the car like her face is still everywhere that's true but I think she deleted the Ruth Marks thing when she was at Cathedral true but I mean so the, the picture dissolving or the fucking yeah, but even then, like, who knows what the police have? Like, the news stations are posting her picture. Like, they still have a copy of her picture. And you also haven't, true, and you also haven't, like, you you destroyed the the program itself, but all of the damage that the program did to all of these other agencies or whatever is still existing. 
it's not like a master undo button. That, yeah, there's there's still people there's still people that are going to uh, look into you and investigate you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still people looking for her. I don't know. I just thought that was like, hey, we're just going to, you know, hey, it didn't happen, you know, erased everything. Thanks for yeah, this anonymous true. email tip that you sent. Exactly. But yeah. it did have a pie symbol at the bottom, so they knew it was business. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. I guess they didn't want a piece of the pie. All right. And then the last trash is <laughs> the cheesy music and the pie symbol at the end. I just, I thought it was stupid as okay, fuck. Okay. The cheesy music yes. plays when she orders the pizza. Is that the same music? Same music. Dude, this is like ominous music throughout the whole thing. So that's movie. why it's cheesy, because she's ordering the pizza. Got it. With extra hey. cheese. <laughs> All right, treasures real fast. Super rapid fire. When the dude in the beginning says, <laughs> the, the congressperson or senator, whatever he is, he's like, like anything you do, don't tell your mom. I thought that was funny. Um, I think, Jordan, you touched on this. I thought she was playing Doom, but it's, what would you? Wolfenstein. It's Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. It just reminded me of Doom. I guess they look similar. Yeah, yeah. I said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I liked how when Sandra's in the in the hospital in Mexico, like the doctor just like fucking has a cigarette like hanging out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Just like right over her. It's just like, Jesus, this is like really telling of the time. I think Dennis Miller, although he was a creep, he kind of kept my interest. Like rewatching this, I'm like, oh, Dennis Miller's in this. I totally spaced that he was in this movie. I also liked, and they, again, they talked about this in the YouTube thing that I watched, but like Dennis Miller was relatively known at the time as an actor. And then to bring him in as a potential love interest, of course, we were talking about like in the previous podcast, uh, like happy endings and you kind of, they start to form a relationship. You can see that she's starting to loosen up a little bit. And so in your mind, you're like, oh, this is gonna be like a romantic interest. And then he like dies like two scenes later. Again, it was like at the time, I think it was. Yeah, I. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. and, then, and then no one mourns it. Like no one even like bats an eye. It's just right. Weird. It's like she's he's like, just she, dead. She yeah. destroys. I gotta go to desktop. San Francisco. She's like I gotta get on a flight, buddy. I don't like, he was fine. He didn't have diabetes. <laughs> also, she she she. Oh, this is again what you were talking about, Dom. She walks casually out of that hospital after she like, just destroyed. No, the nurse is like, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie, but you're gonna have to get out of here. We got another patient coming in. You're going to have to leave. He's dead now. Sorry, you're going to have to wait outside. <laughs> All right, last treasure real quick, and then I'll let you guys finish up. Um, again, this is more of an Ethan Hunt thing, but um, again, Sandra gets out of jail with the FBI agent or the fake FBI agent. Before they crash, like, she, like, quickly realizes he's phony. Again, quick to realize stuff. She unhooks his seatbelt, turns the wheel, stomps on the gas, and then she starts running again. Again, I think this is like her. She's a fucking secret agent, dog. Like, <laughs> she is. I feel like she really is. She's a uh, this ninja recluse fucking person that just has all this knowledge about computers and defending herself with fire extinguishers. It's yeah. insane. That's my trash and treasure. Great so, job, Jason. Thanks, Dom. I appreciate that. Moving on, guys. Ticket prices. We ready? Let's do this. All, all right. right. So. The net, Kerwin. What are you thinking? What are you paying to watch the net? Um, so I feel like this movie brings up a lot of um, important things that are kind of relevant to what exists today. It predicted a lot of things that are happening today, which is definitely a positive on this movie's part. But I feel like this movie itself is too long. I feel like this movie could have been like, 15 or 20 minutes shorter I would say a zero because I I was falling the fuck asleep watching this movie so I'm gonna give this movie a zero 
and like I thought I thought about giving this movie a five, but when I really think about it, it's just like if I were to ever encounter this movie again and somebody asked me like, uh, hey, Kerwin, how much are you gonna pay to watch this? I'd be like, I don't know if I I don't know if I wanna watch it again. And I think that's that's the thing. It's just like the rewatchability and just how fucking long this shit is. It's like almost two hours long. It could have been like an hour forty or an hour thirty, something. Yeah, I mean it's a little long, but zero, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Kerwin. I appreciate that. Jordan. What are we paying to watch The Net? So I believe that this movie was originally created to kind of feed on the fears of the internet, which was relatively new at the time. It's scary, especially today, to to see that everything crazy that she was ranting about has come to pass in some way or another. Unfortunately, unlike the movie where the CEO behind the Praetorians gets caught and put in prison... Today's rich and powerful elites don't really seem to have as much trouble kind of avoiding the law. Still, while this movie is extremely dated, I agree. It remains relevant and a chilling reminder of to be wary about what it is you put out there on the internet. Because once you do, you can never take it back. Because of that, I'm going to give it a 10. 10, nice. All right, TJ, what are you paying? Watch right. the net. All right, so I love Sandra Bullock, so that is a plus for this movie. Uh, it also, uh, you know, Jordan, as you were saying, it's uh, nostalgic in a lot of ways. I think that that's a plus as well. But ultimately, I think that there's a lot of plot holes. I think there, I think it moves too quickly through the through a very complex uh, set of facts or set of um, storylines. Um, and I don't think it's like super super great. I would choose other Sandra Bullock movies to watch over this one. Uh, I'm gonna give this a five. All right, so we got a five. Dom, what are you paying to watch the net? Um, Negative. Uh, let's see. All right. <laughs> I fell asleep twice. It's not a good start. All right. All right. I was not entertained at all. Uh, I, I understand, like, the, you know, the aspects as far as, like, you know, be careful what you put on the internet and stuff like that. Those those stories that you can take from it. But as a movie in entertainment value, I just didn't get that. So I'm going zero. Wow. Second zero. Tough, tough crowd. Yeah. Um, Myself. I think I'm gonna go five as well. I, I remember it being better than what I like rewatching it on Thursday. But uh, yeah, I just found myself getting distracted and like having to rewind and, and watch it. I didn't fall asleep, but uh, I wasn't like I didn't remember the movie being this way. Like I had forgotten a lot of parts. I thought it was more entertaining. I knew it was gonna be dated, but it was so dated and just I don't know. It didn't hold up for me. So I'm gonna yeah. go five. So, Jordan, what are we paying to watch the net? Taking everybody's scores into consideration, we are spending an average of $4 to watch the net. I think that's fair. It's too much. Too much? It sounds like the price we should have given Upgrade, but eh, yeah, here we are. That's what we paid to watch Upgrade. <laughs> ha! But <laughs> if we could Upgrade this and put... Tom Cruise in it. Oh my gosh, our hosting abilities are coming through. Wow. (laughs) If we can upgrade this and put uh, Tom Cruise in it, I'm going to say it again. Um, Because I thought that was pretty good too. If Tom Uh, Cruise was in it, I'll give it a 10 off top. (laughs) But who would Tom Cruise be though? Jack. 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 No, you replace Sandra and you got another Mission Impossible movie. That's so true. Yeah. Jack. Is it? (laughs) Though? A Mission Impossible movie? No. 
maybe a Jack Reacher movie. I think you could replace Jack. I I really love Tom Cruise for these like cameo ones though. Like if he's like I want to see Tom Cruise as a villain. Or, yeah. yeah, no, I think he would be a good villain. But I I I, I always like to put him in these uh, like quick roles that don't really add much to the story. So I need another collateral damage Tom Cruise type vibe. Like you know what I mean? This him going fucking this whole gold world up and. I don't know. I just feel like it would have elevated the movie. I mean, a Tom Cruise Sandra Bullock feature. Yeah. Have you seen that? He could be uh, the disc. Jesus. The floppy disc? Cyber Bob. Yeah. <laughs> we never see. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that Tom Cruise's addition to this movie would be a net gain? Ah, uh, <laughs> see what you did there. I think it's time to wrap this up, Jason. So, in the words of Tom Cruise, fuck you, Sally. He said that with his chest. (laughs) Fuck you, sadly, what you did. That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to... Twenty dollar ticket. Well, we talk about movies and shit. Uh, I thought you were <laughs> My name is Jason. Joining joining me today. I gotta do that again. So I guess we can get into trash and treasure. Kerwin, want to kick us off? I'm super drunk right now, so it's yeah, <laughs> like sitting there staring at the screen, rocking back and forth, <laughs> trying to stay awake, man. Rocky loves Emily. Rocky loves Emily. Funny you say that, because huh. it is mid. This movie is mid. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs>